What's up, everyone? It's Ray Garvin, host of the Destination Debbie podcast. If you're waiting until after the NFL season to start your college scouting process, you're already behind the eight ball. There are hundreds of college football games on each and every Saturday, far too many to keep up with along with following your favorite NFL teams. But don't worry, this show is designed for not only you hardcore Debbie leaguers, but those of you who want to learn about the next group of potential NFL stars and get a leg up in your traditional dynasty leagues. We don't just talk about the big name college football guys. We hit on the small school value prospects who also have a shot to make it at the next level. If you want to position your dynasty team for short and long-term success, make sure you check out the DDP on DLF and all the other amazing shows DLF has to offer. Football.com and the DLF family of podcast. That's James Brain. Guys, my quarantine name is Water Elk. Doesn't that sound awesome? We gotta find out how you uh, how you discovered that. Uh, that's Shep Shep Shepherd Brian Hard. Uh, so two things here. First of all, I eat elk meat, steaks, etc. It's delicious. Secondly, I really need a haircut. Yeah, we got so much to talk about here already. This is uh, this is good stuff. I am John, lean, mean, and quarantine hogue, and this <laughs> is the Super Flex Super Show. That's right, all of us in quarantine, all of us getting weird. Uh, so I guess my first question. Let's just go down the list because James, how how do you find out your quarantine name? Okay, so it's the last thing you ate, and your high school mascot. So I I, I I'm I'm counting water. Um, so I don't I, think that I'm, counts. You don't think so? No. Okay, well then I wouldn't be water elk. Then I would be. Let's see, what did I eat? Oh, I would be orange elk, which is still kind of cool. I like that better. Yeah, yeah. It was a mandarin orange. Legit. So, mine is a, mine is amazing. All right, what is yours, Brian? I gotta hear. I, just, I gotta hear it. So my quarantine name is Meatloaf Wildcat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. That is all right. that's already intimidating. And now we have to redo this entire intro. That is Meatloaf Wildcat. I still need a haircut. <laughs> all right. So that's the next question. What are you gonna do about that? Like, how do you deal with that? Because as you can see, you guys can actually see my hair like almost touches the ceiling at this point. <laughs> I'm never going to stop spiking it, but like it's it's getting out of control for sure. So I have just absolutely no ideas. What are you going to do? Mine's pretty easy because I'm like, you cut it yourself. I'm I don't typically. Mm-hmm. Um, I I like going to supercuts because then they they put the warm towel on your head and it smells all minty afterwards. So I I just go and pay ten. Yeah, you know I go pay pay ten bucks and get them to rub my head with with the with the washcloth. Anyways, uh, yeah, no, I I don't typically, but I'm gonna have to because I'm getting close to that in between stage where it just looks absolutely ridiculous. You've so, got like a five o'clock shadow on top of um, your head. I, I do. <laughs> there, are <laughs> people, <laughs> there are people actually struggling with it. Like there, some of us are going to walk out into the sunlight and rub our eyes 
just looking like freaking Neanderthals. And, 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 he, yeah. And then there's Man Bun, who is going to walk out and look the exact same he's gonna as look, he did three months from now, right? He's like, even going to look better. <laughs> yeah, shout, yeah. Uh, shout out to Gabe Gearing, like, he, just the coolest cat on earth. I mean, him and J Mike, like that's the those are just the two the two coolest dudes. Like, and it doesn't matter what they do. It's like on have you guys you guys have seen Mean Girls, right? Mm-hmm. When they're like mm-hmm. they're they're messing with the the Queen Bee, trying to trying to mess with her and stuff, and like everything they do, like it just becomes a new trend. Like they cut out the holes in their shirt, and next thing you know, everybody's wearing the holes in their shirt. Like it's gonna be the same thing with the cast of the open bar. They're going to like whatever their hair looks like when they come out of this quarantine is going to be the new trend. Like that's going to be the new thing. That's how all of us are going to want to look. It's just not even fair, man. Yeah, they, yeah, they no, are. You're, you're right. I concede that. No, there there. I promise you there won't be any teenagers lining up to for the for the super flex dude haircut. No, 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 it's not going to happen. John, John, before we move on, though, I do. I got to hear what's your quarantine name, man? Uh, Chips and Salsa Indian. (laughs) Nice, nice. The Chips and Salsa Indian, man. Even that is just not even elegant. I'm serious. Like Gabe and J. Mike, theirs are probably just like super cool. Like they could just name their new Twitter accounts that and. Everyone's gonna be like, "Oh my god, that's like the coolest name ever!" Skyline yeah. Jaguar or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One of them would be like yeah. chocolate chip, chocolate chip supernova or something cool. <laughs> Just like, dude, that is awesome. I want to be that. But yeah, <laughs> chocolate chip supernova. <laughs> oh man. Uh, four loco snow cones. <laughs> <laughs> that's. <laughs> Uh, Speaking of Rob Gronkowski, he is uh, he is officially uh, on on WWF WWE now. Um, So part of that clan, yeah, yeah. He made his debut. I believe so. I heard so. I didn't see it, but I heard that he did. Yeah. It was awful. Really? It was awful. uh, It probably would have been a lot better if there was actually people in the stands. Yeah. Yeah. It was very awkward without them. Yeah. Does uh does he have a gimmick or anything or is he just Gronk? I think he's just Gronk. He's 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 hosting WrestleMania, whatever that means. I, I guess it's just Whoa. he's a he, he, a hype guy. I think is is what it means basically. So, oh. but. Gronk is kind of his own gimmick though, right? Like, yeah, is, is Gronk be. is enough of a gimmick? Like he he's just he's all gimmick pretty much. So. Yeah, he should be. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's definitely true. He easily could be. Um, he even kind of has a finisher. It's like a modified choke slam, I guess. Just like instead of by the throat, <laughs> it's like by the head. Just like spike their head. It's like a football. Well, that's um, unsettling to think of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's what happens. Uh, here we are in uh, a... a a world in which all of us are stuck at home, quarantined away from the COVID-19 virus. And that's the type of stuff that that creeps into the restless mind when we're uh, while we're stuck and quarantined like this. So um, among other things, which uh, like I, I downloaded TikTok um, briefly 
and just to see what everybody else is doing what with their uh with all this free time when they're bored out of their minds and um i mean it seems like like they just like uh like take off their towel and walk out into a room naked um there's uh uh there's the one where they uh, the whole family does kind of that that dance that like one at a time kind of dance uh, in front of the camera. And then there's another dance that like where it's like the guy and the girl, the girl like kind of bends over um, w- so that her hair is kind of flopping down. And then the other guy and then they both. Whoa, just... whoa, 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 whoa. Yes, where are we PG going with this show. here, John? I don't... <laughs> this is not <laughs> out here. <laughs> Dirty minds. Holy cow. Uh, Let me it, recap what you said here to, to start out. That the girl bends over and her right. hair starts, uh, her, her hair kind of flops over. Yeah. And, and that's that's where we stopped you because I I don't know that my mind's <laughs> going anywhere that it shouldn't go at this point. Okay, so. Oh, it is for sure. This is all, this is totally on you. Because, so the guy turns around so he's like facing the other way from her. And then they both kind of start bouncing. And it looks like he's riding a horse. Like her hair is the horse tail. I'm not sure that it got any better. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it got less sexual, at least. I don't. I mean, the visual she, didn't that I had. I don't know about <laughs> anybody else, but I, she she turned into a horse's ass. Like how's that? How's, that's not sexual. It's just it's. It, I don't know. It's a little weird. I don't know it something to do i suppose but it's just amazing that that's the type of thing that people are thinking to do hey like john I'll, thing. Sure. I'll send you that list of netflix movies to watch so you don't have to watch the tiktoks anymore. yeah yeah that's, <laughs> are they all that's gonna good. be yeah well i deleted tiktok so it's <laughs> that's probably fine i was about to ask like are they, are they pg rated movies because that's not going to be a suitable replacement <laughs> the, yeah. um the, i i hear that there's a uh a pretty big um spike in viewership for the the what's it called the tiger king or whatever the documentary um i tried watching it and after like i, I gave it like three episodes it, it's it gotta be like you know how they say there's a it's like a train wreck and you just can't look away it's like a train wreck that i i was able to look away and do not want to see anymore that's how i that's how i describe it like really oh man it's such a mess like if you want to lose faith in humanity continue watching like watch it because it, it will oh my goodness wow it's uh yeah it's different i haven't seen it at all it just i mean to me it looks like Joe Dirt with tigers, and I'm just like, what could exactly. possibly be wrong that's with exactly that? That's exactly pretty much what it is. Yeah, so yeah, that's exactly what it is. It it's just, sweet. yeah, it's just like uh, the next level of Joe Dirt. Like, you know, if he were to continue down the dirty, the dirt path road of uh, trailer park living, um, that that would kind of be the way I describe it. But yeah, it's it's uh, it piqued my interest, and then after a few episodes, it lost me. So uh, I'll, I'll give you that. Maybe maybe even if you can make it as far as I did, you'll. Uh, it, it's definitely got a few chuckles out of me for sure. So nice, huh? Okay, I, I I'm still probably gonna check it out. So um, sounds interesting to me. But um, yeah, I haven't got to it yet. Uh, I don't know why. Like I can't say that I've been too busy. That's certainly not the case. I don't. I don't know. 
Like, I don't even, I can't even tell you what exactly I've been doing under quarantine. Like, I, I'm getting pretty good at, at tap baseball on my phone. And uh, I don't know. That's, I've rewatched Parks and Rec twice now. Uh, I'm kind of watching like The Office and Parks and Rec at the same time. I don't know. They're, and Mad Men, too. I'm actually wa- working my way through Mad Men finally. And like, all right, all right, boys. I'm turning <laughs> this around. We're gonna talk some football. You, I just got a trade offer in my inbox, and I need some help. Nice. I, so I was, I was going to take. I was taking a very long route to segue this. Uh, into, <laughs> Sorry, I totally wrecked it. Meatloaf, <laughs> Wildcat, re- just wrecks shit. That's that's what he does. That's what he's here for. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna abandon my long and winding segue. And uh, just jump into the crazy life of meat, Meatloaf Wildcat. What do you got? All right. So this is a 12-team Superflex mm-hmm. point per reception league. And I just received an offer. And this, is, this, is, uh, this has been a little bit of a back and forth with different players involved and whatnot. So I just got this sent to me. Um, I would be sending. Now I'm going to start off with the with the most exciting piece, uh, Reichwell Armstead. That's really not the most exciting piece, but I just wanted to say that uh, Alvin Kamara and the 106. I would be sending Armstead, Kamara, and the 106 for Kyler Murray, Josh Reynolds, and the 113. That's a smash accept, isn't it? I think I think so. Um, wait, wait, wait. I can, mean, can you can you weigh that out one more time for me? Sure. So, Ryquel Armstead. Okay, let me do it in the right order. Alvin Kamara, the one hundred and six, and Ryquel Armstead for Kyler Murray, the one thirteen, and Josh Reynolds. It's it's tough because so we just started new DLF ADP mock drafts just today. And um, we're flying through them, by the way. Like the, I got an awesome crop of drafters here, so shout out to all uh, all five mock drafts. Uh, they're all they're they're flying through this, um, but it seems like everybody was kind of in a hurry to go <laughs> draft Kyler uh, now that he's got DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, I think that might have been part of the the surge uh, early on was. And I even tweeted it out. I'm curious what's what happens to Kyler's ADP now that he has Hopkins. And uh, I, I mean, he's shot up into the middle of the first round. He's going ahead of Kamara. So I mean, you know, like put positional scarcity aside, everything else, put it all aside. I mean, you know, so it's Kyler. You're you're you know Kyler for Kamara. And a seven point and a seven pick drop. Yeah. In the first. Because the other pieces, I mean, they're they're Yeah, know, they're kind of the same. Minimal thing. pieces. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Especially to a, a QB needy team. Yeah. John, you're gonna be so pissed when you see this go through. I I, I oh man, you guys is, is that in this league? Six? Yeah, it's six. Okay. Um was this with uh Bill. Oh, okay. Huh. Interesting. I, I think, man, for me, like, 
I, I agree with John. I think you have to do it based on value. But if I did this move personally, I'm immediately trying to move Kyler. And if I need a quarterback, I could probably get like Kyler Murray for. And again, depends on how high you are on on one of these guys. But like Josh Allen or Carson Wentz, you could get one of those guys and like a first for Kyler Murray. I think I would do that. Uh, uh, you know, I I just. To me, Kyler Murray's value right now is at an all-time high. I don't know that I want to buy him at that, but with with the deal that you're getting, Brian, I think I would take it. But I think I would, tr- again, try to move Kyler because I think right now um, people are buying him at his ceiling, which is, what, QB3 in, in a dynasty league? I mean, if that's the case, man, I'm, I'm dealing him, getting QB my QB6 or 7 and a, a first a first round pick or, or even a top five QB for me, depending on what your rankings are. I could get my QB five for the QB three and maybe a first. I mean, I, I think you could probably get that right now. People are so high on Kyler, especially if, you know, the Hopkins owner has one of those guys then uh, you know, you can kind of, kind of sell him on, on pairing those two together. Um, but yeah, I think that's, that's the approach I would take personally. So I just took the deal. Nice. Um, wow. And and so here's here's my thinking behind it too. <clears throat> I don't even care if Kyler's. I mean, James, I I understand what you're saying, and I think I I agree. What I will say about this particular league is, um, and and John can attest to this because he's in it. Um, it's a stingy league. Like when it comes to, um, so people will see what I just paid for Kyler Murray. And they will not pay more than what I just paid for him. Like I can't, the flipping thing doesn't really happen in this league very much, at least what I've seen and running backs and the whole idea. I mean, for me, John, and and earlier, I, you know, this is, this is also the one I asked you guys about with McCaffrey, because that's, that's who I was talking about with him previously. And I just threw a completely different offer because my needs aren't running backs. I'm pretty stacked at running back. I need quarterbacks. I, the only, the only starting, literally the only starting quarterback I have on my team is Josh Allen. So to acquire Murray, I still have Zeke. I still have Saquon. Um, I did lose the one Oh six, which sucks because I was targeting a wide receiver there. I was probably going to grab CD lamb there. And I think I, I was pretty confident that I could probably get him. Um, because I, I do need receiver help in that league. Um, but I had tried to move Kamara for Dak. I tried to move him for. Um, I I offered I offered a deal for Daniel Jones that I thought was was like ridiculously. It was I think it was Daniel. I offered Kamara and the two hundred five. I think for Daniel Jones and Aaron Jones, and it was like instant reject. And it came back with a counter of like the same players plus a first on my side, which I thought was not really, I mean, Alvin Kamara, I mean, unless you're really down on Kamara, which is fine. I mean, that's okay. I know John, you're a little bit lower on him than, than, a <laughs> than a lot of people, but um, yeah. I, I needed a quarterback and, and that's, I I've been trying to acquire a quarterback in that league. And, and the, and the other thing, full disclosure is I traded with John actually earlier in the, in the year or, or in the, non-point scoring season um i was at the 103 john had the 101 and we made a trade and i jumped to the 101 um so 
with the idea of drafting a quarterback. And I'm still probably going to draft a quarterback there as well because I, I don't have any type of depth. But I but I'll tell you what, after making this trade, I feel a hell of a lot better. I mean, going into the season, you know, literally until I took this trade right now and, and made the trade with John, I had Josh Allen because I had Andrew Luck and I had Jacoby Brissett. Um, and, you know, so I feel a lot better now having Kyler Murray, Josh Allen and Joe Burrow or Tua, whoever I decide, um, you know, I mean, that's that's a hell of a change at the quarterback position in a super flex league over the course of one off season. So I feel pretty good about it, to be honest. Yeah, for sure. So kind of my idea for this episode, you know, I, I, I guess I am going to get to my segue a little bit here just because. You know, with uh, first of all, I feel like there are a lot of startups going on right now, um, probably a lot of trade activity in, in you know, pre-existing leagues right now. Uh, people just have more time to to, you know, to build teams and, uh, you know, kind of perfect their their rosters a little bit. So my idea for this was, you know, to to kind of go over more strategy and theory with Superflex, um, just because that's that's the type of stuff, first of all, that, you know, we've got the time to ponder it <laughs> right now while we're all under quarantine. And second, I you know, I think that it's probably a little bit more relevant than individual player values right at the moment. This is a this is a great time to do startups because, you know, you can still in- include those rookie picks in your startup draft, we did, we're, you know, we're not to the NFL draft just yet. So those picks have a lot more value. Um, but you know, the free agents for the most part, all have found landing spots. We're just kind of waiting on a few stragglers right at the moment. Cam Newton, Jameis Winston, Devonta Freeman, um, Brandon cooks to maybe get traded. So, you know, we're kind of waiting on, on those, landing spots but for the most part everybody's got a contract everybody's got a roster right now they've got an nfl team so you know it, it's it's a great time to do startup it's a great time to kind of think about strategy and theory just kind of overall so i kind of wanted to get to that type of stuff and i think that there's a lot of that in this trade you know i i think for one thing you know we talk a lot about um, you know, uh, taking a quarterback heavy approach to the startup draft. And this kind of, this illustrates a little bit why, you know, why that is. Although, I mean, you certainly, I, I, I wouldn't say that you got Kyler at a discount by any means, you know? Um, but I mean, it, this is kind of what it costs to get a, a quarterback. And this is, this again, you, I don't know. You might've, you might've got a discount there. Come to think of it. You know, if Kyler's already going ahead of Kamara and startup drafts, and then you factor in the scarcity after the startup draft, I mean, it probably, man, I would almost say Kamara plus one Oh six to get Kyler Murray. Like without that, that getting that pick back, I don't know. Like, am am I way off to you guys? Like that that feels like the type of deal that it would take. Yeah, if I'm the Kyler, if if I have Kyler Murray rostered, 
and someone comes to me and wants to acquire him, that's uh, that's my asking price. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was QB eight last year. So if if yeah. he go, you know, and, and currently he's going three four, yeah. QB three or four in in startup. So I mean, if he lands somewhere in the middle of that, I mean, you got to figure QB eight is. I mean, if he's healthy, it, you got to figure QB eight is probably the floor, right? Yeah, or close or close to it. QB ten maybe, probably. Yeah, you know. So if he lands somewhere in the middle of that in most seasons, I mean, I think. That's what it takes to get those guys, and 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 it, 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 it's exactly right, John. And and when we're talking about start startup strategies, I mean that's exactly why QB heavy is such a good strategy because if you get a bunch of these guys and then you can move them for big pieces at running back or at wide receiver or wherever you need to fill holes, then you know then you're set. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And part of the reason that I, I, you know, I try and push quarterback heavy in the startup is because of what happens to them, you know, to their value after the startup. You know, they're, they're, we always say they're cheapest in a draft. And the reason for that is because in the draft, there's this, this false sense of abundance at quarterback because they're all there, they're all available. Right. And, the theory is, yeah, I can I can wait. I don't have to take Kyler Murray here in the first round where, you know, his ADP generally is because I can take Carson Wentz next round. And the next round rolls around and there's Carson Wentz, but there's also, you know, Juju Smith-Schuster, Dalvin Cook. May, you know, some, Dalvin Cook may be falling into that round. Joe Mixon for sure. Um, you know, maybe Josh Jacobs, Derrick Henry. Um, and, and some really good wide receivers as well. Not to mention tight ends. If you've got kind of a tight end premium, that's kind of George Kittle territory too. So, and, and then if you do have rookie picks in the draft, that's one-on-one territory. So if you're looking at Carson Wentz versus, um, you know, call it, let's just call it Dalvin cook or Joe Mixon. One of those two is probably there in the middle of the second round. Um, uh, Juju, uh, maybe Mike Evans, DJ Moore, guys like that. Amari Cooper, Odell Beckham, George Kittle, like <laughs> rookie 1.01. I, I, you're probably not, it's going to take a ton of discipline to take Carson Wentz. So now you're pushing it off to the third round. Why take Carson Wentz now when I can get rookie 101 and all the fun that that's going to be of this wrapped package, this, this, you know, this, this mystery box that is 1.01. So I'll just wait until the third round and I'll, uh, you know, why take Carson Wentz now when I can get Josh Allen in the third round? And then it's the same thing in the third round. Josh Allen just doesn't quite measure up to the other players that are there. You just keep pushing it off and these players keep coming off the board. And next thing you know, they're just there. There aren't any NFL starting quarterbacks left for you to draft. And, you know, you, you, so you just scramble, grab what you can and hope for the best. And, and then maybe tell yourself that you're going to trade for those quarterbacks later. And then you get out of the draft. Nobody's, it's not even that people are holding those quarterbacks hostage. I mean, I do a little bit, obviously with my, that's a big part of my strategy, 
but it's 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 not even that people are holding those quarterbacks closely. It's that they straight up cannot afford to trade away a quarterback without getting one in return. You have to have quarterbacks. It's like a pay-to-play scenario. You have to have quarterbacks to be able to trade for quarterbacks. Like I actually, uh-huh. I did some research on this. Actually, I'm gonna let you guys talk <laughs> talk for a second because I gotta, I've gotta pull this up for you guys real quick. Well, the one thing I'm gonna state is a lot of the times what I argue against with people who like to wait on quarterback in super flex leagues. And, and the main point that they make is, look, the, the point differential between QB1 and QB24, or, you know, whoever they can get later, isn't as great as the point difference at, at running back and receiver between, you know, however many you have to start, 1 to 24 for running backs. If you have to start 2 or 1 to 36 in receiver. And here's the problem with quarterback. The problem is, is you have to identify those quarterbacks that you're going to be able to draft later that are going to be startable and it's not as easy as you would think people who drafted cam people who drafted big ben for one reason or another people who drafted andrew luck for one reason or another did not get what they thought they were going to get it is hard to identify who who drafted gardner Minshew. no one you know like and then you're gonna have to pay dearly for him on the waiver wire i mean you're probably spending all of your buying bid money on a guy like gardner Minshew, which means you're not gonna hit anybody else coming later in the year It's so difficult to identify who those guys are going to be uh, that, you know, it's it's so easy to say, oh, well, I, I can wait on quarterback because there's always those guys later in the draft that can be had. Yeah, there is, but you have to identify which guys those are, and that's not as easy as people think. And that's the problem to me is that people will say that, but they don't think about how difficult it is to identify those guys. They have faith that they're going to be able to, whereas, you know, running backs, I mean, how many teams use multiple running backs throughout the year? Tons. Almost every team does, has has multiple fantasy-relevant running backs for, for at least for a few weeks. Um, same thing with receivers. I mean, there's there's so many wide receivers nowadays that are uh, fantasy viable, you know, for, for teams that you can you can get guys to fill in and play week to week, whereas quarterback, you just can't. So that to me is the is the toughest part. And this is only going to get tougher as things go, guys. When we go to two bye weeks, this is really going to get difficult because then you have to find a quarterback for two different bye weeks. And in Superflex, you might have to find a quarterback that can that can be viable in four different bye weeks. I, I don't feel comfortable with three. I want four at that point, maybe even five. Um, that's, that's how bad this is going to get. So keep in mind that if you're doing startups now, look ahead to the future. Look ahead to the fact that there may be two bye weeks for each quarterback that you have to fill year in and year out. Man, three is, isn't even enough anymore. I want four, I want five. And I think that's where the scarcity is really going to come into play is when people realize, oh, wait a minute now, this is going to affect me even more than it was in the past. So uh, that's kind of my thought process on it. What about you, Brian? Yeah, I think that's a great point about the second buy for sure, too. Um, you know, it, it it's, it's going to definitely be a different animal uh, when that comes into play. <clears throat> um yeah, I mean James you hit I mean you hit pretty much every every way that I think about this, you know, from a you know from 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 this strategy standpoint when it comes to getting quarterbacks and getting them early and often in these drafts. Um and 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 John what you were saying kind of about I I absolutely 100% believe that 
the the way that you described it, where you wait on quarterbacks, but then there's that guy at another position. And then there's that guy at another position. And then there's yeah. that. And and next thing you know, I mean, you're starting Derek Carr and <laughs> and and Nick Foles or something like that, you know, the, it, yeah. as your top two quarterbacks. And that's a that's not a good place to be in now. And it's really not going to be a good place to be in once we go to the, you know, the the longer schedule and the uh the two double bye. So yeah. Um yeah, you guys, I mean, you nailed you you nailed this one, both of you. Um I, I feel exactly the same way. So <laughs> So I just have to tell you guys, because I, I did some research on, uh, I went to uh, DynastyLeagueFootball.com and went through the trade finder. I was just kind of curious about um, about a few of these quarterbacks, and I didn't even get very far into it. But uh, I'm, I, I was just curious how many trades actually went down involving a quarterback where, you know, the quarterback went one way and a quarterback didn't come back in return. 36 in the last year there have been 36 trades in super flex leagues involving pat mahomes five of them did not include a quarterback in return for pat mahomes like that's how hard it is people just can't do it like the the value is literally off the charts people cannot find a value where it makes sense to send to ship off pat mahomes without getting a quarterback in return um Lamar Jackson, just since uh, week one of the NFL season, 25 trades of Lamar Jackson, only five of them included or uh, didn't include a quarterback on the other side. Um, even Deshaun Watson, 28 trades in the last, uh, what was it, six months? And six of them didn't include a quarterback in return. Like it's it's hard to do, man, and and it's not again. It's not that people are hoarding these quarterbacks. It's that they're looking at their roster and saying, like, how can I possibly afford to lose, you know, Pat Mahomes or Lamar Jackson without getting a quarterback in return? Like, even if I've got, um, you know, if I've got three quarterbacks, which is the number that people tend to say they feel comfortable with in a super flex league. They feel like they're comfortable with with three quarterbacks. And, you know, technically you're going to have a quarterback at uh, Superflex at all times if you've got three of them. But, uh, you know, it, it, at least in theory, it won't always work out that way in Dynasty. Um, it, it does make it a little bit tougher. But like if you've got three quarterbacks, you know, the number that people feel comfortable with now imagine giving up one of those three and going down to two without getting a quarterback in return. And now you're looking at, even if you drafted quarterback heavy with those three picks, you know, so even if you ended up with something like, you know, Pat Mahomes and Josh Allen and uh, I don't know, Ryan Tannehill or, or uh, Matt Ryan, even if you ended up with those guys, now all of a sudden you're looking at, now I've got, uh, you know, I've, I've got Josh Allen and Matt Ryan. Do I really feel that good about that going forward? Do I really feel like Matt Ryan is going to last long enough to, to keep me competitive? Do I really feel like Josh Allen is going to be the type of quarterback that he's been? He, he's, he fits great with Pat Mahomes. He's a great quarterback too. He's a great super flex because you get his upside 
And when you get those down games from him, you just make it up with your quarterback one. But now he becomes your quarterback one. It's it it doesn't it doesn't look nearly as rosy anymore. Plus, you're not going to cover those bye weeks like James said. So there's there's there are some very good reasons for the fact that you just cannot acquire a quarterback, generally speaking, without giving one up. So yeah, you, and you, you, no, and real quick, I'm sorry. I, no, you're fine. One, one more thing that I want to bring up, and you know, it's to your point about how how difficult it is to acquire a quarterback. Look at the rookie drafts. I mean, we have a rookie draft now. We're looking at two guys that you can make an argument for that may have a fantasy impact this year. And and they're arguably the number one and number two overall pick in Superflex rookie drafts right now. And that's it. I mean, you might be able to get a guy that, you know, in a couple years maybe has some value, a guy like Jordan Love or, or a guy like J1 Hurts. But, I mean, these aren't guys that we expect are going to be able to have any type of fantasy impact year one. And even the other guys that are, you know, you probably don't want to count on them as being, you know, one of your top two quarterbacks this year. So, I mean, that's another thing is that, you know, in the draft, look at look at this draft. I mean, there are teams that are trading away, you know, proven commodities to get one of these running backs or to get one of these top receivers. Think of the running backs and the receivers that are going to be fantasy relevant. Think of the holes that you could have on your team at those positions that you could fill in the rookie draft. You're not going to be able to fill those same holes at quarterback in this rookie draft. And in any one, really, um, that I can think of, you know, you, you, the quarterbacks just aren't that prevalent. They're not, uh, you know, you can't, you, you just can't fill that hole in the draft as easy as you can at other positions. So um, just another another thing that uh, that means, you know, to, to get that, to, to fill that hole you're going to have to trade and you're going to have to pay a premium. Yep. Yeah. So that's all that's to say, you know, so my pin tweet talks about the super flex theorem, which to me, it, it, it essentially means, and this isn't going to be universal by any means. Um, this isn't a, a, you know, one size fits all formula formula, but I think it's pretty close that, uh, you know, basically if, you know, the a quarterback or a non-quarterback is drafted in, call it round five, and then a quarterback is drafted in round seven, then by the end of the draft, that quarterback is going to have equal or greater value to the non-quarterback who was drafted two rounds ahead of him. Like essentially quarterbacks get a two-round bump in value because of the scarcity, because of the fact that you can't find them anymore now that you're out of the draft. So, you know, to circle all the way back to where this whole thing kind of started, you know, if, if even if you were to say that Kyler Murray and Alvin Kamara were, you know, are equal value in the startup draft, because they've got their ADP is close. I think it's going to be close. I think, you know, Kamara is going to go a few picks after Kyler Murray. So, you know, the, the, that's in the startup draft. So once the startup draft is over and there are still running backs on waivers and, and, you know, you have the ability to trade for them and they're not necessarily going to be Alvin Kamara, but you're going to, you can find running backs who can start for you, you know, at, at both running back and flex, you can't find quarterbacks though. So Kyler Murray gets a bump to a, to me, to a point where, I personally would would expect to to pay Kamara plus 106 just for Kyler Murray. Yeah, I mean that's what I want to hear right now. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I and I think that's that's pretty much the price. I mean, the other way to do it would be to trade away a quarterback, but you know, again, you didn't you didn't have the depth just yet, so um, you know, so to get to get Kyler Murray, it I you know, earlier I said I don't think it's much of a discount. I'm I'm rethinking that now. I think you got what the 112 to a one, one something 113 113 yeah, was the yeah. extra one yep yeah i mean i think you essentially got that for free so yeah i mean that's a discount so it's a that's a pretty heavy diff discount in fact so um yeah I, I i think it's a it's about as good as it can really get to acquire a quarterback that's kind of best case scenario i think james you well, have that I've got one a trade week. uh that i i yeah, yeah, I've got a trade that I want to bring to you, and this was somebody who um, had had gotten to me on Twitter, uh, Curtis at Curtis seven four four seven three six one three on Twitter, um, and he asks uh, that he's in a ten team PPR regular flex, which I'm assuming uh, is non super flex, but it doesn't matter because it doesn't uh, contain a quarterback in this offer anyway. So uh, finished second the last two years. He was offered Joe Mixon. Juju Smith-Schuster, and Sammy Watkins. Uh, he might be able to replace Watkins with someone else, but we're just going to use those three as an example because this is the offer that he was given for Christian McCaffrey. Um, now, he says that, he, uh, you know, he tries normally to get the best player, essentially, in a 10-teamer, but really likes Joe Mixon and Juju Smith-Schuster. Would you make the trade? So, guys, let's give him some advice here. Uh, so, it basically breaks down to Joe Mixon, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Sammy Watkins for Christian McCaffrey. Is that enough to move McCaffrey? That's a smash except for me. Yeah, me too. I mean, I would still try and get... Man, is it Hollywood or, or Harry? <laughs> Who would you guys go at? Not Cooks. I don't want Cooks. Yeah, if, if I'm picking between Hollywood and Harry, I would take the chance on Harry in a 10-team league, I think. I think his upside's higher. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. yeah, I think so too. Like in a, So... It, to to get to a strategy piece just real quick the like sammy watkins brandon cooks to me i don't want those i i i wouldn't want those guys on my roster in a 10 team league like a, a, another kind of tent pole of my strategy uh is you know i want just enough wide receivers to cover my starting spots so you know if it if it's a league where you start two wide receivers um, and then you've got, say, two flex spots, then I probably want four wide receivers. Like, it, that's that's kind of it. And then from there, like, I'll take some some lotto ticket type guys like Harry, like Hollywood, um, even, even lesser guys than that, like Paris Campbell is a guy that I like a lot this year. Um, Kendrick Bourne is a, is a guy that I love to stash. But, like, I don't have any use for these guys who are somewhere in between. They're not lotto tickets. We know what they are at this point, and we know that they're not going to start. Like, it, there's not really a scenario where they end up in my starting lineup. Then I don't want them on my roster. They're just taking up, you know, precious space that could be used for running backs because you need so many of them. So, like, I would almost, in this trade, first of all, yeah, mix in, I think Mixon probably outperforms Christian McCaffrey in 2020. That might be like the hot take of this whole thing. I think Chris, I think Joe Mixon has a chance to be the running back one overall. And I don't think that Christian McCaffrey does. 
Juju Smith-Schuster, I mean, I think that we all feel like there's a bounce back coming. He's still a wide receiver one, still super young. Um, so those two alone, I think, would do it. And in fact, if I can't get Hollywood Brown or Nikhil Harry as a throw-in, then I would rather do it for just Juju and Joe Mixon. I would rather have an empty roster spot than Sammy Watkins or Brandon Cooks at this point. Yeah, and I think I, I agree with you, John. I agree uh, wholeheartedly I, uh, with you and Brian. Both, I think, is is an accept either way. But I, I do agree that Watkins d- doesn't do anything for me. Uh, so I think what I, w- what I would do is I would explain, and, and this is, again, kind of part of strategy, Obviously, this guy knows how good Christian McCaffrey is, but just while while you don't want to talk down to someone or try to try to you know oversell Christian McCaffrey like they don't know what they're buying, um, I, I, I you got to be careful because you don't want to patronize someone like that and you know um, and, and 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 approach this wrong and kill a deal. But I, I would say, hey, look, like you and I both know how good Christian McCaffrey was last year and how good he's going to be again this year, and that that offense just seems to be even more powerful with an offensive-minded head coach and and blah blah blah. Man, for me to do this, how about how about you know you take out Watkins and put in Harry? I'll, I'll do it then, you know, something like that, um, to where you're explaining, hey, look, this is why I really want you know want to do this because because of how good McCaffrey is and what I'm going to be losing. But I, I will make the deal if if we can just make this one switch. Um, I think sometimes, at least for me, when somebody kind of explains it that way and I start really thinking about what I'd be acquiring, man, Christian McCaffrey was so good last year. Man, you know, this is a 10-team week. I'm getting the best player. Um, yeah, maybe I'll, I, I can throw Harry in. You know, I can I can throw Harry in to make this happen and take Watkins back or something. You know, I'm I'm more susceptible to, to doing something like that than just seeing a reject and a counter. With Harry, I I would I if if that happened to me, I would probably recounter it, um, you know, as as you know, trying to find a middle ground type thing. So, uh, yeah, that that that's my my thing is communication. I think communicating with an owner, letting them know um, kind of what you're thinking. Um, so I, I wouldn't even send the reject if this is on MFL. I'm not sending a reject. What I'm doing is I'm I'm either uh, you know if you have a group chat or something, um, I would send this guy a private message and let him know, hey man, ah oh, man, that deal I got, it's a really good deal. I was thinking about it, but you know, I'm, man, I'm giving up Christian McCaffrey. He's the best player in the deal. You know how how about you know being that you know he's he's he looks like he's going to be a, a you know, used even even better with the, with this high powered offense. You know, he might have even more scoring opportunity. How about, you know, how about you you we sub out Watkins for Harry, and I'll make the deal then. You know, something like that. So I, I I've that brings up a question for me, kind of a, a trade negotiations thing that I want to I want to ask the trade addict, Mister Meatloaf over there, Mister Meatloaf Meatloaf Wildcat. Wildcat. Yeah, uh, I've got a question for you based off of this. So. We agree that McCaffrey and Juju is enough, uh, or uh, Mixon and, and Juju is enough for McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. So, uh, which means that asking for either Harry or Hollywood Brown is is a little excessive. Is that uh, uh, like from a strategy standpoint? Because I get this all the time. Like, um, I this is the someone will say. You know, I'm thinking about offering this package, um, or I'm 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 thinking of offering this player and asking for this package in return. Do you feel like that's too much? Like that's a question that people will ask me. 
I want to get your thoughts on that. Like, is there is there such a thing as asking for too much in trade negotiations? Um, like to a point of like killing a deal. Yes, it depends on the player, though. Really? When you're talking about elite level players, Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, quarterbacks, we're talking Patrick Mahomes, you know, um, Lamar Jackson, those those types, those elite tier guys then no, it's not too much. And anybody who would get put off by that and just, I mean, when when you're talking about those guys, you don't, I mean, what's the worst thing that happens? You still have them on your team. Yeah. So there, there's not a, I don't, I don't, anybody who would get like offended by, I mean, people should be getting <laughs> offended by trade offers anyways, for crying out loud, but, but anybody they're, who would they're get more offended that you did their voice just now <laughs> than probably, the trade offer. Probably. Um, but yeah, I mean, pe- you know, people who would be upset about that for, for asking for a little bit more, I don't think, I mean, you know, I, I, I do think it's a good idea to take the approach that James said in, you know, in reaching out instead of just countering blindly without any type of conversations like, listen, that's a good that's a good offer. Um, but this is Christian McCaffrey, man. And I, it's really hard to let players like him go. You know, do you think you could do this instead of what, you know, do you think you could throw Hollywood Brown in there? Or do you think you could do Harry instead of? you know, instead of Watkins and maybe even offer, you know, make them feel like you're offering something in return too. like, so throw in a late third late. I'm telling you right now, third round picks, get deals done, period. I'm telling you right now, if you don't take anything from this show, take that from this show, third round picks, get deals done. They're not worth anything. And yet they're worth something because they always get deals done. So take, take other stuff yeah. away from this show, by the way, not just that. No, we, correct, we talked correct. a lot. So <laughs> correct, correct. I, I don't want to have wasted my time. Here. Um, but, but, no, that no, is that's, smart. That's, that's interesting. Yeah, because you I, would you because here's the thing. If you're willing to take Mixon and Juju for for Christian McCaffrey anyways, you almost would you pay Christian a McCaffrey? I did McCrap. <laughs> <laughs> would you pay a third Crappy. round pick for either How one of those you. wide receivers? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so why not? Why not say that? Like, hey, you know, I'd feel a lot better about moving McCaffrey if I was getting Brown or or Harry instead of Sammy Watkins as that third piece. But I'll tell you what, I know that's you giving up a little more value too. So I'm willing to throw a third back your way to kind of even that out a little bit. That is really smart because I've done that. I, I can't tell you how many times that third and, – and you're right. It's not a relevant piece, but that third will make a deal for me too. Um, so and, – and real quick, when it, when it comes to strategy, one of the things that I, I had said um, you know, previously was you know, when, when you reach out, don't reject that offer. And that's why because if you reach out and you say, hey, look, this is kind of – you know, this is what I'm thinking, you know, and uh, – it's really hard for me to give up McCaffrey, but I would do it if you know if, if you could uh, if you could replace uh, Watkins for Harry and and like Brian said, yeah, you know, offer to throw in that third, but you know, I'm I'm willing to throw in a third to kind of help out because you're giving up a little bit more. If that owner says, you know what, no, I I really don't want to do that, you still have the offer that you you would accept still offered on the site. Going, you know what? Okay, I get it. I tell you what, I, I'll go ahead and take it with Watkins. And you tried to get a little more, and you couldn't. So you accept the trade, and even if you turn around and cut Watkins, you still did it for the two pieces that you were going to do it for. So 
that's that's the thing too is knowing that that offer is still there it's still out there that you can still accept that original offer by doing that as opposed to rejecting encountering or you know or anything else like that um and you still have that trade out there that you can still accept even though you're asking for just that little bit more so that's another part of the puzzle that uh, i like to do is i like to keep that trade out there just because i know hey if push comes to shove i'm probably still accepting this offer yeah Again, though, I mean, I, yeah, you don't want to reject it and make it look like, yeah, that was just that, that, that offer was awful. What the hell were you thinking? Um, but I, I still wouldn't make that deal. I would tell them, you know, it, it, this is just me, but if they're not going to throw in Hollywood or Nikhil Harry, they're, they're just like, yeah, I can't do, I can't go quite that far. I'm going to say, okay, I mean, we can do that original deal. But like, honestly, it, there's more value on that side. If you, uh, for me, if you just keep Sammy Watkins, like, don't make me throw away your trash, just do it yourself. You know, not to call Sammy Watkins trash. I get, I get that. The problem is is that when you start, when, when you offer something and an owner, uh, the other owner says, you know what, no, maybe not. Then they start thinking about that original offer and you go, you know what? Okay. I'll accept that. But you know what? Just take Watkins out of there. Um, you know, then I, I just I feel like then you're waiting on them to come around and to offer that. And some some people start talking to people or start hearing things, you know, oh, man, you shouldn't have done that. That's not an offer I would have done. And then all of a sudden they don't even want to do that. You know, I would just much rather say, hey, look, that original offer is there. I'll accept it. And I'm just going to cut Watkins like myself. Um, really? Yeah, I think so. Uh, just just because I don't want to give them more time to contemplate or think or, or ask around or do Twitter polls or whatever and and have some nonsense change their mind on how they feel um, or, or value for, for what they're giving up. You know, I just I, I don't always love taking those chances if I feel like this is an offer that I really want. So um, I, I get your point. It makes sense, especially in leagues that don't expand in the offseason. So then you have to cut someone just to accept the offer. Yeah. Then maybe then maybe I'm going, you know what? I don't know. But I, a lot of the leagues I'm in, the rosters are big enough to where um, Watkins wouldn't make my list anyways. But um, I do understand, too, in a 10-team league, you know, um, if the roster sizes are small, yeah, you know, maybe, maybe that's maybe that's a deal-breaker, just having to even accept Watkins and make room for him on your roster uh, before cutting him. So I, I get that, too. That does make sense to me. Yeah, that, I guess that is the key. Like, if, you're, if your roster expands, which, by the way, to me, like, they, they should – um, if you're a commissioner, you know, just, just make it so that those rosters can expand and, and, you know, have a cut down day. I don't know. And it could really be on either side of the rookie draft. I think whether it's, you have to clear room which I personally kind of like. So first of all, um, the way I like to set up rookie drafts is so that the, uh, the, you know, the, the players who are on waivers are also available in the rookie draft. Um, and it, so if you do that, though, like a, a to me, a cool way to do this, at least is to, you know, have a cut down day before the rookie draft. And like you have to cut down um, between, you know, taxi and uh, active roster. You have to cut enough space to make room for the for the rookie picks that you have um, before you can actually make those picks. So um, but I mean, either way, like have a cut down day. Um you know, but yeah, if you've, if you've got kind of that infinite roster, then sure. I could, I could see, 
you know, hanging on to Sammy Watkins and, you know, see what happens. Maybe he does come back and maybe, you know, maybe you get actually get something out of him in trade. But if it, if, if it's a finite roster, especially if it's like a, a kind of a, an in-season sized roster, I just would, I wouldn't even want to deal with Sammy Watkins. Like, I, I mean, I, I guess you could take him and just immediately drop him, but um, I don't know. It, it kind of sends a message to me, at least it sends a message a little bit. If you say, yeah, I, I'm not really interested in Watkins like that. It feels like I said, like, it feels like you're just handing me your trash and telling me to go throw it away for you. Like, it, you know, it kind of sends a message that like that, you know, people can't just kind of sneak this extra stuff in on you and act like there's value to it. Yeah, no, makes sense to me. Yeah. It, it does. And, uh, and I, yeah, I think in a, in a perfect world, I'd probably do that. I guess it depends on the relationship I have with the other owner too. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it, you know, how, how well do I know them? Are they going to be swayed if they're somebody who I know, you know, they're, they're not going to be swayed. They're going to have no problem resubmitting this then. Yeah. But, uh, but if it's somebody who, you know, I don't know very well, or it seems wishy-washy at times, or can be, uh, can be influenced pretty easily, um, I'm probably just, just going to take that trade and, like you said, to toss their trash for them just because I, I want to make the deal happen and I don't want anything to happen on the way to, you know, another offer. So, uh, but yeah, yeah, it's, it, that's definitely an interesting, uh, trade and, you know, highlights, the different values that we have on 10 team leagues um, as opposed to 12 and roster size. So I think that's fun too. some, some, uh, some fun stuff on how to set up your league and, and when to, uh, you know, when to expand your rosters and when not to. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, there. Like I said, I mean, I think that, uh, that the main focus for us um, may probably not just in this episode either. I think, you know, for the, in the next coming weeks leading up to the, to the, NFL draft uh, I I think a lot of our focus is probably going to be on strategy and on theory and and there's a lot of that involved in that trade Um, we've we've got plenty to talk about uh, the rest of the week so um, we'll have to get to that uh, to some other stuff as well like I I mean we kind of already ran out of time before we even got to things like tight end premiums and tiered rankings those are all things that we want to talk about in the you know, in the coming weeks. Um, We also, just another quick announcement before we get out of here. Uh, We're also going to be doing a, uh, another live show. Last year we did the, the live show during the NFL draft. We're going to do it again this year. So it was live through the entire first round, uh, live through the entire uh, entirety of day two, uh, second and third round, I believe second, third, fourth. Um, do you guys remember which which it is? I don't. Yeah, I think it was first round uh, day one, and then uh, second and third day two, and then uh, four through seven was day three. There you go. There you go. So, um, yeah. So we'll be live through. Uh, we'll actually start a little early before the first round actually starts, um, and then uh, we'll go live through the entire second and third round on day two. And then uh, on day three, uh, after the seventh round ends, uh, we're going to do a live. Superflex rookie mock draft, uh, the first of its kind, um, with uh, with these players on NFL teams. It'll be the first Superflex rookie mock draft uh, post draft. So, 
uh, we we had some great guests last year. We're going to bring in some more guests this year. Um, and uh, we've got a few other wrinkles that we'll talk about as, uh, as time goes on here. But um, for the moment, just mark your calendars, April 23rd through the 25th. Uh, the Superflex Super Show is going to be live during the NFL draft. So come hang out, uh, enjoy the live show, uh, enjoy the chat, light that chat up and talk about your your favorite teams, your fantasy teams, uh, your dynasty teams, whatever you've got. Um, you can uh, come in and, and just hang out and talk with us about the NFL draft. But with that, uh, we're going to wrap it up for the week. And as we do that, I'm going to ask you for just a quick favor. If you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also subscribe to the DLF Family of Podcasts mega feed. Get access to all of the great podcasts from DLF. And once you're subscribed, if you'd give us a rating and review, not all podcatchers give you that option, but on the ones that do, those ratings and reviews help us expand our reach and get out to larger audience, involve more people in the conversation. And from there, we can really zero in on the topics that are the most useful to you, the listener. And like I said, that's really our focus right now is strategy, it's theory, and it's the exact things that you're thinking about right now and you're working through right now in your Dynasty Superflex leagues. The, the, the processes and the strategies that you're trying to figure out, let's, let's work through it together. So let us know uh, what you want to hear uh, the, super, the super team talk about uh, here on the Superflex Super Show. And uh, the more people who we can get involved in that conversation, the more thorough we can do. And in the vein of listener interaction, send us your trades on Twitter at Superflex Show. Even better, though, send us to send them to any one of us individually. Uh, we're not always great at checking that show account, so send them to us individually. James is at underscore James the Brain. Brian's at Brian Harff, and I'm at Superflex Dude. And we can retweet those for you, help you get more votes and comments. Sometimes even bring them here on the podcast and analyze them like we just did a little bit tonight. Thank you to Heart and Soul Radio for the song, The Addiction, that we use as our intro and outro music. And above all else, thank you to each and every one of you for listening. On behalf of James the Brain, on behalf of Meatloaf Wildcat Brian Har. <laughs> until next week, stay sexy and sexy. <laughs> Or joke to meatloaf or hawk over. <laughs> <laughs>